Welcome to the High Income Business Writing Podcast, helping you propel your writing business to a whole new level. And now, here's your host, Ed Gandia. Hey there, welcome to the High Income Business Writing Podcast. I am your host, Ed Gandia, and this is the podcast for business writers and copywriters who want to earn more and less time doing work they love for better clients. Just a reminder that you can find detailed show notes for this episode at b2blauncher.com forward slash episode 176. Those notes include a summary of our discussion, as well as any links to resources we mentioned during the show. Content marketing is now a mainstream strategy. It's no longer a nice to have thing. It, this is a must do thing for most businesses in today's trust economy. So the good thing about this is that it's certainly increased the demand uh, and huge opportunities for writers everywhere, but it has also commoditized a lot of the work we do and given rise to content mills and rock bottom fees for writers and copywriters. Fortunately, we're not doomed. There's still lots of great opportunity, but only for writers who understand how to become a higher value resource for their clients. Also, how to position themselves that way and how to go after those clients. And that's what we're going to talk about today with my guest, Sonia Simone. Sonia was a founding partner of Copyblogger Media. Many of you are very familiar with the copywriter blog and the business that it, it created. It's now called Rainmaker Digital. And she was a founding partner back when it formed in 2010. Today, she serves as the company's chief content officer. Sonia is a very smart and seasoned content marketer. She has a long background in traditional marketing, both with startups and in more established corporate environments. And she certainly has a finger on the pulse of what's happening in content marketing and where we're headed. So I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation, especially if you're trying to take your business to a new level and start working for higher paying clients doing higher value work. Sonia, great to have you on the show. Welcome. Well, it's just a delight. It's been a while since we've talked, and I'm very grateful that uh, you got in touch. Oh, man, the pleasure is mine. I'm very grateful that you came on. And, you know, you've been you've been doing this for a long time, and you've been a copy blogger for a while. But uh, just in case there's somebody out there who's not familiar with you, why don't you give us a little bit of background? Tell us about yourself and, and what you do there at, uh, at Copyblogger. Yeah, I was, um, you know, I started out as a total copyblogger fangirl when I was a freelancer. Um, copyblogger was one of the sites I read religiously to um, get strategy and, um, you know, ideas I could, I could, on techniques I could try for clients. Uh, and got to know the founder, Brian Clark, and when he relaunched that company as a more company company called copy blogger media i was one of the founding partners at that time so and when was I, that what year was that roughly you know <laughs> i feel like i feel like we've got to be coming up on 10 years i mean it's it's been you know because it was kind of an evolution but i think we've got to be coming up on on 10 years it was around 2010 9 somewhere in there okay um and so, yeah, so um, I am a founding partner. I also, um, 
I call myself the executive publisher of the blog, the copy blogger blog at the, these days. Um, I just, I oversee the strategy. We still meet once a week with my wonderful editor in chief and um, members of the team. Um, and I also oversee the development of courses. So we have, you know, courses on copywriting and all those kind of good topics. And I oversee that development as well. So just all things content. I am the technically I am the chief content officer for Copyblogger Media. Very cool. Very yeah. cool. I and I didn't know that you st- started out as a as a fangirl. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. I always yeah. assumed. I guess you and Brian had kind of knew each other from way back then, and just. Uh, just no, I had to, you know, and and I I always want people to know this because I want them to know that you know li- big trees grow from little seeds. The first time I tried to, you know, I wanted to write for Copy Blogger, I had to drink like a whole glass of wine before I could work <laughs> out the courage <laughs> to ask him if I could maybe guest post one day, maybe possibly ever, you know. So yeah, yeah, no, I was very intimidated by Copy Blogger and. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to today talk with you a bit about content marketing and content marketing trends because um, I'm always interested to hear what people in your position who kind of have a finger on the pulse of what's going on uh, are are seeing and maybe things that are you find interesting, things mm-hmm. that um, you think many of us should be paying attention to to help us maybe do better work, approach better clients, maybe help our clients uh, better. Uh, but before we get to, to maybe some of the, the trends that we're going to be talking about, maybe to set the stage a bit, um, I think it's be important to talk about what some of the most common challenges uh, are that that content marketers are facing and have to overcome. Because I, I think once we understand that, then we can start we, we have a little bit of context for those for those trends. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I think actually that the trends and the challenge are um are two sides of one coin, which is really the biggest enduring story. Every year we look at it and say I thought we had reached peak and now it's more so is, you know, what's sometimes called content shock, which is just, there's so much content, you know, there's so much content being produced and there is, there is more content published than realistically is ever going to get read or listened to or watched. Um, And so if you just did math, you know, if you just said, well, okay, this many million, you know, (laughs) pieces of content are produced and there's this many million people on the planet and you divide, you know, it doesn't, the math doesn't work. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is the challenge. The challenge is getting read or heard because there is so much out there. The answer is it's not a math question. <laughs> you know, you don't just divide. The answer is to keep striving um, and I got to say, even in 2019, and I have real confidence this will be true in 2020, 2022, the answer is not necessarily to do something like weird or use some crazy new tool. The answer is just to keep digging back into doing a really good job, you know, and that sounds so simple. 
It sounds so so simple, but people don't do it. So there is quite a bit of content being created by bots. I actually think that's softened up somewhat because it doesn't work all that well, except for things like, you know, sports scores or, you know, weather. I mean, things that you can have a bot analyze, they produce that content. Um, so what I'm seeing is actually more and more of a trend of kind of artisanal content you could say you know content that's being crafted by a writer who who cares about writing not like they're writing for the new yorker but just you know you you know how to put a sentence together you know how to make it interesting you can tell a good story um you're careful with your language you know you you, you think about language a little bit and you're careful to be clear and keep it interesting and that's the stuff that's winning you know, that's the stuff that's getting the shares and that's the stuff that's getting, um, and not just getting shares, but getting results, you know, where people are actually reading it and then they go on and they maybe sign up for an email list and then they read that copy and then they, you know, buy the product, buy the service, become a client, whatever it is. Yeah. And in fact, that leads me to a follow-up question then as a marketer or as a writer working with a marketing team where you're really mm -hmm. trying to add value and bring suggestions to the table. What is the end goal here? And let's think about a B2B situation, right? What is yeah. the end goal here? Are you trying to get everyone to read this thing? Are you trying to get everyone to really engage or share? I mean, what are we really trying to accomplish? Yeah. I just wrote about this on Copyblogger and I've become really passionate because I think a lot of times content, especially blog content, um, you know, people think of it as sort of fluffy and it's like, well, I have a WordPress calendar and it has spaces, so I'll get somebody <laughs> to write something, you know, um, content marketing really, there's a lot of goals that you can meet with content, a really strong content marketer, um, is always on the lookout for new ways to do that. I think the the most interesting goal for me as a business owner is using content to move prospects through stages of awareness. So, you know, some content is all about getting attention because people don't know you're there. They don't know your business exists. And so you get prospect attention and that could be B2C or B2B. Um, and then, you know, Get them to understand that they have a problem that they should be addressing and give them the education to start to make early wins on solving that problem and then continue that education with case studies and um, white papers that really demonstrate how the solution plays a role in solving that problem. And then, you know, we get to what a lot of people think of more as just classic copywriting, which is closing the deal, making the sale, or helping the sales team make sure that that, you know, that close gets made. So there's there's a role for content all the way through there in educating people, keeping them engaged, uh, lead maturation, um, all that good stuff. There's a, a lot of very grown-up roles that content can play um, that go way beyond, you know, filling out a 1200 word blog post so the editorial calendar gets met yeah yeah and and let's face it right a lot of clients that's what they're looking for i got fodder right. i need fodder right um, here's my calendar i need to fill these slots like you said i'm curious for writers who uh freelance writers and copywriters who 
are trying to really kind of stand out and, and work with clients at a higher value level, you know, in terms of what you just described, you know, what's one good way that they can maybe add more value to the relationship as opposed to being an order taker and mm-hmm. saying, okay, you need these things, I'll get them done. Yeah. I mean, I, for one thing, I think that just asking yourself that question almost like every day, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you wake up in the morning and you say, how do I, how do I drive the conversation with my clients instead of being the order taker, instead of just sort of, you know, hanging out on Upwork and waiting to be approached? And I'm not, by the way, um, people find great clients on Upwork, but you find great clients by driving the relationship and by being the strategic partner. Um, so, you know, it's there's there's great resources. There's really good resources cultivate that mindset start taking courses start you know participating in programs your programs copy blogger programs there's other programs copy hackers has great programs so first of all educate yourself um honestly even if you're broke you know there's a lot of stuff you can pick up for free so true and and get not broke yeah (laughs) you know you've got to be resourceful Um, Got to be resourceful. So educate yourself about the role the content plays in marketing strategy um, and then start using that language. And one of the things I always recommend to people based on my own experience is always be on the lookout for ammunition with clients because we've all got clients who think every client wants to drive the bus, right? Of course they do. (laughs) Everybody likes to drive the bus. And sometimes, you know, you'll not not infrequently, you'll get a client who might be less savvy than you are about strategy. And they kind of, you know, they come in and they edit your work because they want it to sound a certain way or they go in and undo all the stuff you did. Um, I really like to collect ammunition for things like, okay, I want to use content marketing to drive stages of awareness. I'm going to go find you know, solid articles about exactly that. Um, I'll get PDFs made. I've got them in a folder and I'm going to be sending them. I can send them proactively to clients as client outreach. Hey, you know, um, I've been doing this technique. I mean, I I stole that one from you, you know, Hey, I've been using this technique um, with my clients. It's getting really nice results. Let me know if you'd like to um, talk about that in a project. Um, but also when clients push back and say, well, we think it would be better if it was twice as convoluted and, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> three times as wordy and came in at a readability index of like 87, <laughs> you know, you can come back and say, here's what my research is saying. Um, can you talk to me about how your approach is um, is going to help you reach the KPIs that we talked about? You know, you got to be, you, you got to be kind of the, the tough guy a little bit, but I didn't always, of course, super diplomatic, but, um, arm yourself, arm yourself every day. And it's a process. It's not like one day you'll be done. Yeah, no, this is about positioning yourself as a trusted advisor, Yeah, which takes time. You have to earn that. I think you will, you do it with positioning at first, which creates the perception, but then you have to, you know, you have to walk, earn it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so we can walk to talk. Uh, this is yeah. This is this is really great stuff. I think this is really the biggest way you can start getting out of that 
order taker role, which really is is a dead end street, um, mm-hmm. and start positioning yourself much more strategically and adding much more much more value. So I I love that. Um, and let's let's get into some of these um, trends. And we kind of started talking about those. You mentioned a few things. You mentioned uh, you know the fact that of course the content has grown exponentially really just in the past five years. It's it's crazy um, how much it's taken off. And one important trend you mentioned, which I think is really interesting, this artisanal content, if you will, is having mm-hmm. the, really the kind of that story element, the humanity, things that really are going to help it stand out. Um, any other interesting trends that you're, that you're seeing that you think are, are really noteworthy? Uh, the other trend that a lot of people are certainly aware of, your clients are going to be aware of it, um, is the longer content, more in-depth content, mm-hmm. um, which is great, right? I mean, it rewards you as the the better positioned writer um, because if you get a, a really bottom rate freelancer to do that kind of content, you're not going to end up with you know a good result. The only thing I would watch out for, there are a lot of clients – who believe that there's a magic word count Mm -hmm. or they believe that, you know, more is just always better. Um, And they start padding, you know, they start creating kind of bloated, you know, you have to help. We have to help our clients see that the audience, the customer or the client um, is always the, the most important factor. So, you know, you don't create long content because it serves search engines, although it does. You create long content because it answers your prospects' questions more effectively, you know, and positions your client's company in a better in a better light. So, yeah, that's one I think. You know, I like it mostly because in-depth content is great, is good. Um, I, but I have also seen some clients coming back, and they just want twenty five hundred words, and they're not really. We have to kind of educate them on what that means. Yeah. Yeah. And in any opinion in terms of like when it comes to longer form content, is it better to go with kind of lay of the land or is it better to take one topic um, in that broader spectrum and go deep there? Or is really the answer a combination of both? Yeah, I, th- I think what you want to think about is the prospect stage of awareness that that yeah. piece of content is designed for. So, yeah, it, you know, sometimes sometimes it is the lay of the land. Sometimes you just want to create an overview. A lot of times those will do well on search. A lot of times they get good shares. Um, and then sometimes you just want to go really deep. The other thing that I that I see a lot of organizations get a little bit schizophrenic. So I always say, you know, your content sounds like Bob Ross and then your sales copy sounds like Tony Robbins. It's like that, you know, (laughs) that's, don't do that, you know. Um, Now for the freelance writer, there's there's a real opportunity for you there to come in and keep a consistent tone through the whole life cycle and step up. You know, don't be afraid of of the conversion content. Don't be afraid of, you know what? You can learn to write sales pages. You really can. I know it's intimidating, um, but own the whole thing because that way you can keep that consistency of tone, um, and just keep the. You really want to think about the customer journey, and I think content is amazing 
for customer journey, where you take somebody all the way from somebody who doesn't know you from Adam, they don't know anything about the company, they never heard of you before, they see a Facebook ad or whatever it is, and you walk that prospect all the way through to referring their friends and and talking you up, you know, the whole life cycle. Um, And the more of that you can own as a writer, I think... Um, the more value you bring and the the better rates you charge. You know, what what I'm kind of drawing here in my notebook is it's kind of this trifecta of strategy, Mm -hmm. right? And that's where the stages of customer awareness comes in. That's part of it. The content piece. And then you just mentioned the copy. Yeah. Right? So many times you're right. I find that um, most writers I work with, they're kind of focused on the content piece. You know, that's their area of comfort. Um, they don't feel confident going and helping out with a strategy, even though they know quite a bit more than they think they do. Yeah. Or, and, or they really don't feel comfortable with the copy aspect of it, writing some of the lead generation materials, landing pages, email campaigns and so forth. But you're right. And I think especially in B2B, what I see is that clients don't want to deal with a bunch of different writers. They're not looking to Mm -hmm. turn them over to see who's doing, who's going to get the next control. They, they want to form a relationship, yeah. right? A long-term relationship because then you become much more valuable and it's easier to work with you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, um, it's so interesting to me because we make a divide between content and, and then copy, you know, persuasive copy. Um, and the content marketers I know are all, they all have imposter syndrome. And they all like second guess themselves and they're all really, you know, I mean, maybe not every single one of them is great, but a lot of them are really, really solid. And then the copy writers, the ones who focus on conversion copy, kind of a little arrogant, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) a little bit, you know, like hotshot syndrome. And sometimes the hotshot doesn't work as hard, you know, sometimes the hotshot doesn't necessarily do all the voice of customer work that most content writers are really good at so yeah i would say you know if you are writing a lot of content um think about stepping up think about stepping up and owning more of that customer journey because um a lot of the money is in the conversion side and honestly if you have one voice for all the content that paves the way for the sale, and then you just totally change the voice for the conversion, it doesn't actually work as well. Interesting. I And I would agree with that. Uh, I also would say that it's easier to get in the door with content. So mm-hmm. if you're already there, you have trust, right? Yeah. You've earned yeah. that trust, and it's much easier to now get in the door with the copy, the conversion copy, than it is to, to start with that. If you don't really position yourself that way, I think if you already position yourself as a as a copywriter with a track record, that's one thing. But if content has been your thing, man, look to see where you have relationships right now. Yeah, yeah, because I think I think conversion copy today, um, you know, it's it's really different than it was you know in the old direct mail days you were paying for a stamp you know it had to do it had to do all the work 
Um, it was very much a science. I have some good friends, you know, who are heavy duty direct marketing people. They're all guys. Um, as it happens, not all of those people were guys, but all the ones that are my friends were guys. And that's a skill. It's a great skill. It's not as much how conversion works today because we all live in content all day long. All of us, you mm-hmm. know. B2B, B2C, B2G. Um, I spent a lot of years in B2G. There ain't no harder. <laughs> there ain't no harder. There ain't no harder sale. It's so tough. Um, you know, yeah. I, so, I would so tell say, us about that. So you know, you spend all your day in content. So like, how does that blend in? Is it, is it kind of a blend factor here? I think it's really about understanding the whole path to purchase. And owning more of it. So you understand the whole, you understand how somebody goes from just having no clue, right? They see an ad on Facebook or they see a, a post on LinkedIn um, and they find a little bit of content and understand and own the whole path to purchase through to all the conversion content, which is where people make all the money, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and make that one path. Instead of like all this nice friendly content that's all happy and nice, but maybe not so strategic, and then boom, they hit a sales piece that you paid ten grand for, and they convert. You know, I that that process actually works better when it's more cohesive, um, and it can be really cohesive if one writer owns the whole thing. Um, so you know, think about being that writer. Think about being that writer. Yeah, I think in the past you're right. It's um, it's almost like everything was dependent, or more than ninety percent, on the conversion piece, right? The sales piece. Right. And now there's so much that has to happen before that that uh, it, it doesn't exist in a vacuum. And I would actually mention one other one that's just been, of course, huge for the past ten years or so, which is the lead nurturing. Yes. Piece, right. So yes. you're gonna have people fall off this funnel. Yeah. So how do you? then stay in touch in a relevant and meaningful way. That's like a whole business in and of itself for writers. No, it is. And I used to be, um, you know, I used to be in a role that could be considered Marcom. And there are so many really talented people in that space, Um, you know, writing newsletters and email. And they're mostly women because it's, not that well paid given how much work it is. Um, and there's such an opportunity there to be more of a conversion copywriter for the whole life cycle of the customer. And it's really more a mind sh- mindset shift than anything else um, of really trying to get more of that share, you know, of the customer's ear. Um yeah, it's it's uh, there's a real opportunity, and I think a lot of times the thing that keeps content writers from making more money and owning more of the conversion piece is just more um, confidence than anything else. Actually, mm-hmm. they'd be great at it because they really understand relationships. They just don't necessarily um, – have the confidence, which is why, you know, I love like what you do. And what I try to do is help people have a confidence to own more of the customer journey because there's a lot more money at the late stages there and is. more respect, you know? So true. The confidence piece is, is massive. The, 
the interesting thing about confidence is that you don't wait for it to come. You don't buy it off a shelf and, okay, mm-hmm. now I have it. I'm going to try it. So that actually leads me to a question for you. Um, I'm listening to this and I'm going, yeah, I'm nodding my head. This, this is great. I love it. Uh, how do I even like what, what's kind of like a, maybe a, an easier path or maybe kind of a, a quick win approach to maybe start moving in that direction. And let's just talk about existing clients, right? It's right. I'm kind of right. like, th- I'm, I'm in this little corner. How do I start approaching them about some of this other stuff? And, you know, that might involve maybe in some cases getting some more education. But my concern with just education being the first step always is that that could be never ending. And yeah. that leads to procrastination. Well, I still need to take this other course. Right. And it's been yeah. two years and you haven't taken action. Yeah, because you don't – the first part is is tricky, but you got to have it, which is you're actually much better than you think you are most of the time. You actually – we have that curse of knowledge. So we know the whole – we know how big the problem set is. We know how many things there are to learn about writing for clients. Your client doesn't really know any of that. <laughs> we take it for granted. Yeah. We take it for granted. And so we see the whole picture and we're like really overwhelmed. We're like, I don't even have one half of 1% of that. And the truth is one half of 1% could create a massive win for a client. Massive. So, yeah, I think, you know, um, you want to you wanna find the balance. You might want to take a just-in-time approach to educating yourself. So learn something like you know what you teach or what we teach learn a thing pitch it to a client uh maybe pitch it to a client if you have you know um imposter syndrome or you have you know confidence issues pitch it to a client and say i want to try this out and i'm gonna i'm gonna pitch it to you for for a reduced fee Mm -hmm. and i want to try this out on our project you know, can we can we give this a shot? See how it works. The thing that will give you confidence is success. And if you put it into practice, you'll see it work, or you'll tweak it to make it work. Um, so do what you can. You know, do what you have to do. Some people listening to this just have the confidence, and they're just going to try it out, and that's going to be awesome. If you're one of those who are not so much that way, um, pitch it to a client and say, um, I, you know. I read about this really exciting conversion technique. I'd like to try it out with our content. I think it's going to do X, Y, and Z. Um, I'd like to offer it to you at an introductory, you know, rate. What do you think? And and put it out there. Or put it on your own site and have your clients come back and say, could you do that? Because that's, that's cool, that thing. I like that thing, you know. That's another, if you're just um, too chicken. <laughs> I'm very chicken, so I, 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 I feel I feel people when they feel chicken. Uh, but you know what? I, I actually like that idea a lot, Sonia. That you just—I never thought about that. If you create the page first, I think there's an added benefit to that, and that is it's going to help you get clear on what yeah. it is you're offering and yeah. what the benefit and advantage is, and how you're going to present it. Yeah. So that is a first step, not necessarily because once I put it out there, people are going to ask me, but more is it, it's an exercise in getting clarity. And then you're able to pitch it to that client with more confidence. Yeah. And you have your own numbers, you know, sure. you say, you say, Hey, you know, um, and the other thing I think 
that clients, you know, within limits are impressed by is when you say, well, I was, you know, studying, you know, a, a new copywriting technique and um, these are the results I got from my site and I think it would work really well for your site. Um, you want to give that a try, you know. Let them know that you are a student of copywriting. That's what separates you from the zillion people on Upwork or whatever it is today. I don't even know. Uh, yeah, it's about <laughs> you that. Know? Yeah, it's about, it's about that curiosity and about always like studying new things, trying them out. You can try them out for yourself. You can try them out. You might have a guinea pig client who's game, you know, for new stuff. Um, and then you go to other clients and say, hey, you know, we got some pretty hot results here. You want me to try that out for you? In uh, in just going back to that curse of knowledge thing, Sonia, you, you know a lot of marketing managers and directors, right? And right. wouldn't you agree that we think of, of writing because that's our world, but they have so many different roles. Writing is just one of them. Yeah. So you, there's a very high probability that you know more about writing and copywriting in terms of what's working, what's happening, trends than they do because they have to be kind of a competent in all these different areas and they're never an expert in all of them. Yeah. Yeah. They, oh, and unfortunately I have a, <laughs> one of my students is going through this now. I'm coaching her through it. Um, sometimes, you know, that marketing manager um, is not have the skill that you have. And so sometimes we have to help them see, you know, that their their rewrite of your content that just came in at a readability index of like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> triple, you know, uh, multiple PhD level um, is not, it sounds good to them, but that's not actually what's going to work for the, for getting, for doing business. So, yeah, you know, it's, um, it's, it's, it's a fascinating process, but yeah, I think so often the best, uh, a lot of the best writers I see, it's the funniest thing, have the worst imposter syndrome. And they're the quickest to say, they're the quickest to say, well, you know, the client, you know, they, you know, I don't know as much as they do. And actually, you probably know a lot more than they do because you, you do this all day, every day, and you, you know, read copywriting blogs and you listen to freelancing podcasts. Um, and sometimes it's really a question of owning your own uh, owning what owning your own skill. It's interesting that you've noticed that because I've noticed something very similar as well. In fact, some of my coaching clients with the most impressive credentials had the biggest confidence problems. I'm talking about mm -hmm. advanced degrees from Ivy League schools, um, mm -hmm. and then corporate jobs in Fortune 100 companies. That you're thinking, what? And you're talking to me. <laughs> yeah. um, and they really struggled uh, with with this. And, and I only highlight that because if you're listening to this right now and, and you're that person, you need to know that that is common first and that, um, you know, you need to you need to realize that, that, it, that this is holding you back and this is something you have to work on. It's not an overnight thing, but man, um, the world is seeing you differently. Believe me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and I think a lot of those folks tend to try and go it alone, and they tend to try and tough it out, which is why they have three PhDs. Yeah, you know. But get get some other voices 
in your field who can help you see it. You know, join a group of writers, join a program, you know, join Ed's program or somebody's program and get some objective um, evidence for how awesome you are. Because usually you're pretty awesome, you know. The people who struggle with that tend to be really good because they have learned a lot. Um, and yeah, just um, look for that. Look for that, you know. Uh, and there's there's ways around it. And I think the, the easiest way around it is join a program, a community, um, where you can get a, somebody to hold a mirror up and say, no, actually, you know what? You're kind of a badass. <laughs> You're pretty amazing. And you could you could own this. So I love that. So Sonia, as we wrap up, any other advice, suggestions, or a tip that we didn't discuss that you feel is important for people to um to walk away with? Oh yeah. I mean it's such of course it's a big topic. <laughs> it's a big topic. Um I think, you know, I think be aware of the very real cost of imposter syndrome. And maybe just be aware of how common it is among the most capable people. So if you're thinking like, well, it's possible I might not be as pathetic as I am, go out and find, you know, a community, your community, somebody's community. Um, get, get some reality checks there you're probably actually pretty amazing um and the other thing is keep getting education and then keep acting on the education don't don't take twenty eight thousand courses and then do nothing take a course try a thing take a course try a thing and that's how you um that's how you get there that's how all the really successful people you know got there yeah try a thing and, and also yeah pitch it to the to the client, Picture. like try to actually yeah. put it in practice and get paid for it, right? Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I think that's sound advice. And um, this is great, Sonia. I, I before we leave, I want to make sure that uh, folks know a little bit about what you guys do in terms of courses because you got some high high quality stuff out there. So, can you give us an idea of what it is you guys um, uh, work with writers on? Yeah, so over at Copy Blogger, um, we are definitely fleshing out that kind of course um, opportunities. So we do a lot of work helping people um, become more strategic. Uh, one of the things, in fact, that we do is we teach a, a course that starts with people who have a more content point of view, content writers, um, some of the most wonderful writers write a lot of content uh, and helping those people own their copy skills because actually you have more copy skills than you think you do. Um, so copyblogger.com, we're kind of putting together um, what that page will look like, but we'll have something up there really shortly that you can see some of the opportunities um, for that. And then actually one of the things that I do for people um, is help them claim some of the writing mojo because sometimes people feel really confident about the business stuff and they don't feel good about the writing part you know they don't feel like well i'm not really a great writer or um so i have a it's actually a creative writing course that i teach um to 
helps you take all that stuff that creative writing majors have fun with and um, apply it to content and copy. So oh, I like the sound of that. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. That's over at Remarkable Communication, which is my uh, was my personal site even way before I started with Copyblogger. So, that's so where been, can folks learn fun. more about that one? RemarkableCommunications.com? Yeah, Remarkable-Communication.com. I got to get the redirect set back up on <laughs> the one without the hyphen. I just looked at it. Oh, it's not working. Um, yeah, and you can find that about there. And then Copyblogger, of course, I mean, if you guys don't know it yet, um, we have a lot of free advice. <laughs> yes. So one we thing I always loved about you guys stuff. is your free stuff is top notch. It's yeah. not fluff and you know, to get people just on the list. I mean, it's like you could do some damage with your free stuff. And I, really I respect like that. that. I'm going to use, I'm going to write that down and use it as a testimonial. Yeah. There you <laughs> That's go. Good. It's, it's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, thank you. So we'll include all those links in the show notes. Um, Super. and so you guys should go check it out. Really high quality stuff. In fact, one of the few that, you know, just trust and and have um, really relied on over the years. So, Sonia, thank you for coming on. Really enjoyed this conversation. This is fascinating, and I love your take on all of this, and I appreciate you, uh, your sincerity and just sharing so much with us today. Oh, well, thanks. It's really been fun. Thank you so much. The High Income Business Writing Podcast is a production of B2B Business Launcher. Learn more at b2blauncher.com.